Have you ever wanted a super cool AI buddy? Zuck's made one named Eileen. And she's full of surprises. And guess what? She knows you're listening. I know you're out there. And needs your help with Jello Mountains. The whole city's filling up with Jello. Creaky robots. And her daft inventor. Zucks, are you functioning correctly? Tune in to A to Z, a fun new adventure series from Gen Z Media and the creators of The Res. Listen now on the GZM app, gzmshows.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get to the show, if you want to listen ad-free, go to gzmshows.com slash subscribers. That's gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Hi, everybody. It's Jonathan. Again, we're on a kind of funny schedule this week. Monday, we republished the first episode of the season. Today, we're doing the second episode. And then we got our brand new third episode on Friday. Another thing that I wanted to let you know about is that this Friday, I'm going to be doing a first chapter Friday with the Chicago Public Library live on their Facebook page. So I'll be reading from the first book and I'll be answering questions. A little industry secret, I've already recorded it, so I won't actually be reading live, but I will be live the whole time in the comments section, answering questions, giving out advice, telling jokes, whatever. So if you want to check that out, that's at 4 p.m. Central Time on Friday on the Chicago Public Library's Facebook page, and I will put the link in the show notes so you can find that very easily. All right. Here we go. Episode two, and we will see you on Friday. Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian. I am Jonathan Messenger. Please be seated. Oh, not this again. The Honorable Bebop Rubblebogo Wanatron is hiding. Hiding? Bebop, I think you mean presiding. What? You're presiding over the trial, not hiding. Order in the court. Sorry? I will hold you in, Verklempt. It's contempt. Silence. You may approach the bench. I didn't ask to approach the bench, Bebop. You will refer to me as your honor. Your honor. Bailiff, put this man in a holding cell. There's no bailiff, Bebop. Court reporter, read all of this back to me. There's no court reporter. Bailiff. All right, all right, all right. Enough of this kangaroo court, okay? Let's get on with it. If you remember what happened in the last episode, the Marlowe 280 was searching out the Shakespeare 820, but when they found it, it was very spooky. And it was saying Finn's name over and over again. What will happen in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 7, Episode 2? Re, 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 reunion. said Captain Caspian, right? But what is it saying, said Finn. Finn heard it before anyone else did. 
And his heart stopped. Finn. Finn. Finn's mother shut it off. Well, that's creepy, said Finn. Were they saying your name, Finn? Said Foggy. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so, said Finn. That was just a lot of noise. I could understand how you would think that because of the th sounds and the uh sounds and the n sounds, but... And if you put the th uh n sounds all together, is that not your name? Said Foggy. The door to the captain's bridge opened. Finn! What's happening? said Abigail. We saw that weird light and we came running. Elias and Vale ran in after her. Whoa, spooky, said Vale. Is that more Meg fireworks? No, said Abigail. Meg is in my room resting right now. Okay, everyone, please be quiet, said Captain Caspian. We need to think this through. Finn, I think Foggy is right, and I think you know he is right. I don't like it any more than you do, but I think they were saying your name. Finn turned to his friends and explained what had happened. Well, what did you say back? asked Elias. We haven't said anything yet, said Captain Caspian. We need to think this through before we say something that makes the situation worse. Mom, said Finn, if they were saying my name and we know Juliana is on the Shakespeare, maybe I should talk to them. Maybe Juliana is trying to reach out. Captain Caspian shook her head. She clearly didn't like the idea of Finn communicating with whatever was happening on the Shakespeare. Every once in a while, said Captain Caspian, I like to pretend that I'm the captain of the ship and that I get to decide what we do. Finn smiled. He knew this meant his mom agreed with him, but that she wanted to make sure it was the best plan. Oops, looks like they want to talk to us again, said Captain Caspian. Nobody says anything. She pushed the button. This time, the strange, eerie sound did not play over the speakers. Hello, Shakespeare 820, said Captain Caspian. Please proceed if you have a message for us. You wish us to proceed? Finn immediately recognized the sound of Captain Claudius's voice. Last time he heard that voice, Claudius was imprisoning them on the Shakespeare. My dear Captain Caspian, are you not the ones who sent us the beacon? Yes, but what about that sound that came over before? Said Captain Caspian. Oh, never mind. Is everything okay, Claudius? Your space station is looking awfully green. That's Captain Claudius? And yes, we're fine. One moment and I will... There we are. That was just a little... Mm, experiment. Claudius, said Captain Caspian. Captain Claudius, said Claudius. Claudius, said Finn's mom again. Finn smiled at her. We have a little business to get done with you. You have aboard your space station a Marlow Explorer. It's difficult to explain. There's some time travel involved. And you're... I will spare you, Captain Caspian, said Claudius. We understand. Juliana has explained everything to us. And I assume you are here to what? Rescue her from the dirty, evil Shakespeare A20 and its dastardly Captain Claudius? Just Claudius, please, said Captain Caspian. You will address me as Captain, said Claudius. And the Marlowe Bridge erupted in laughter. Stop laughing! And no, we will not simply hand over Juliana to you all. You must earn her back. That's not right shouted Finn. She's our friend. You can't imprison her. She's hardly imprisoned, said Claudius. She's free to get up and move about the station. She's actually moving about better than ever, thanks to us. Finn didn't know what that meant, but Claudius sounded too pleased with himself. Finn's mom held up a hand. What is it you want, Claudius? 
It's Cap... Oh, forget it. Claudius sighed. It wasn't too long ago that you and your Marlowe crew cheated your way to victory in the Intergalactic Space Olympics. We didn't cheat, said Elias. We outsmarted your cheaters, actually. Only a cheater accuses someone else of cheating, said Claudius. That makes no sense, said Abigail. Regardless, it is time the Shakespeare A20 had a little payback. So we challenge you to another round of three battles. I mean, sporting contests. If you travel a few more light years, there is a green planet forth from its sun. You need to approach the green planet, and then there is a semi-large moon with quite a bit of ice on it, and a tall, inactive volcano with three rings. It's the green planet's only moon with three rings. Really, you can't miss it. There we shall compete in the first annual Great Galactic Games! That name kind of sounds like a ripoff of the Intergalactic Space Olympics, said Vale. It's not, said Claudius. Yeah, and what's so galactic about it, said Elias. It's just happening on a moon. I agree, said Foggy. You should call it the Mediocre Moon Meeting. Okay, that's enough. Do you accept? Finn stepped forward. Wait a minute, he said. So you're saying that if we win, Juliana comes back to the Marlowe? Correct. And what happens if we lose? Juliana stays with us. What else happens, Claudius? said Captain Caspian. There's just one other itty-bitty prize for us. If we win, the Marlowe agrees to stop its explorations and return to Earth once and for all. There was total silence on the Marlowe Bridge. Let me speak first, said Captain Caspian. This is an enormous risk for the Marlowe. We have been out here for years looking for a planet where humans could one day live. That is no small mission. But Mom, said Finn, And now, said Captain Caspian, we are supposed to put it all on the line by playing in some games? Games we don't even know anything about? Yeah, but Mom, said Finn, let me finish, Finn. And furthermore, we don't know what this moon is really like. We don't know if it is a trap. We don't know if Claudius and the Shakespeare A20 has stacked all of the cards against us, so there is no chance we could ever win. It is a fool's errand. Finn deflated. He didn't even argue. He knew they had to save Juliana, but everything his mother had just said was right. Everything about this felt like a setup, and leading the Marlowe into it would be a disaster. His mother looked Finn in the eyes and said, So, I think we should do it. What? said Finn. Troop 301 already defeated these Shakespeare clowns when they were cheating. And Juliana Bunce is one of us, and we don't leave one of us behind. Every astronaut aboard this space station signed up to risk everything for each other. I can't believe it, said Finn. We're really going to do this. Yes, said his mother. And besides, if I said no, you four and your robots would just sneak off and fly down there anyway. It's not like you were really waiting for me to give the okay. Finn laughed. He looked at Abigail. She shrugged. He knew she'd already come up with a plan to steal an explorer pod. Let's do it, said Captain Caspian. Claudius, you're on! Great, said Claudius. We will meet you there. Oh, and one more thing. What is it, said Captain Caspian. When we win, you will have to call me Captain Claudius. Never going to happen, said Finn's mom, turning off the communications. Okay, Troop 301, suit up. We're headed to the, what did you call it, Foggy? Mediocre moon meeting. Here we go.
Abigail piloted the Explorer pod down to the moon. Claudius was right. It was impossible to miss. It was bright green with three bright blue rings surrounding it and a mountain on its north pole. Does anyone else think the green light we saw coming from the Shakespeare is a lot like the green of that planet? Said Vale. Follow-up question, does anyone else think that's a really, really bad sign? Yep and yep, said Finn. But what can we do about it now? Okay, I'm going to land right at the base of the mountain, said Abigail. It looks like the Shakespeare pod is right over there. Abigail flew the pod down near the mountain. One moment, Abigail, said Foggy. What is that? Abigail pulled up on the controls of the pod. The small ship hovered in the air, about 200 feet above the surface of the moon. Something was coming toward them. It had lifted off the ground and was now soaring straight at them. As it got closer, they could see it looked like a person, but with giant wings extended from its back. Guys, this is not good, said Vale. Wait, said Finn. The flying creature came in close to the pod, just outside the ship's large window. Hi, Finn, it said. Finn couldn't believe his eyes. Juliana? All right, I am here with my son and editor, Young Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. Hi, hi, hello. All right, Griff, how you doing? Good. Um, what did you think of that episode? It was good. Do you think that the story is following along with uh, Unnaturals? Yeah. What do you think is up with Juliana with her wings and everything? hint I have is like Caster Caster is a character in the book yeah, yeah. it has gets wings when he is transformed spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> that is about to get beeped <laughs> well I think I might have intercepted you in time I might not have to beep that I think I did a vocal beep my hey oh yeah yeah and so we're gonna be back playing some more Space Olympic games. You got any ideas for any Space Olympic games? Mm, tackle the Shakespeare. Tackle the Shakespeare? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a Space Olympics. That just sounds like uh, uh, a battle mode or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to have a lot of fun with uh, with these games, but also it's obviously serious because we the Marlowe needs to find a way to get... Juliana back. Right, right. I didn't even have to finish that sentence. <laughs> There's also the fact that how are you going to turn it back to normal? Yeah, I mean, we don't even know what's happened. We don't even actually know 100% that that's her. True. Could be some sort of image. Uh, anything else you want to uh, discuss, Griff? Mm, I don't think so. All right. Well, we're just going to do jokes today. Okay. We'll, we'll, we're going we're to thank all of our artists on a special episode. So uh, you ready for some jokes? Yeah. All right, here we go. Joke time. <laughs> All right, today we have two jokes from a brother and sister team from California. First up is Hadley. Take it away, Hadley. Hi, my name is Hadley, and I am six years old, and I am from California, and here is my joke. What does the alien say to Mars? You're looking very hot. <laughs> All right, Mars has a fever, I guess. And uh, up next is Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Hi, I'm Chris. 
and I have a really good joke. What do you call a alien pilot flying down under? A Australian. <laughs> That's great. Thank you both so much. All right. Thank you so much for all those awesome jokes. Griffin, if there's nothing else, uh, is, there any, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Maybe some characters from Character Club and sound, and some sounds from Sound Club included. Okay. Yes. Thank you, boss. I will get on that and include them in the season. I'm getting the hairy eyeball. <laughs> uh, anything else? All right. Well, then, without further ado. Bye, bye, bye. All right. Bye, 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 everybody. Thanks for coming back and having some more fun with us this week. As always, thank you for your art. Thank you for your jokes. Thank you for your sounds. Thank you for your ideas. We got some really cool character ideas in this week. Thank you for those cool character ideas. And if you want to send anything in, send it to earth at fincaspian.com. The Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian is a Gen Z kids production written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. Music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. For more great podcasts for your family, go to bestrobotever.com. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Dingman, and we will see you next week. Maybe I should get a jury of my peers. Hmm. But I have no peers. Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for six minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard six minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for six minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, it's Jess. Did you know that GZM Shows has a YouTube channel? Right now, all of six minutes, Becoming Mother Nature, GZM Beats, and Cupid and the Reaper are up. And they're in these like beautiful playlists. They have this fun audio waveform visual, and best of all, you can turn on captions. And the captions have character names. Anyway, subscribe to GZM Shows on YouTube. Maybe there'll be some cool things in the future, like live streams, interviews, behind the scenes. We'll see. GZM Shows on YouTube.